Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insights and professional business development. Travel Market Life. Join us by webcast, video or podcast. Hello and welcome to Hotelier's Voice. This is season three. And we're back with our most popular series to look at the decisions and choices around technologies for the strategies that hoteliers are implementing. Today, we're going to be talking to Chris Bowling, the head of digital marketing and e-commerce at Best Western, about how to build a direct campaign with guest profiling. Chris is no stranger to travel market life. He joined us for the IHGF special, how Best Western is investing in its direct booking strategy. In that episode, Chris explained how they approached a direct booking channel and built a strategy getting buy-in from the board. But in today's episode, we'll be looking at how to build that direct campaign with guest profiling. The internet launched in 1982, Booking Expedia were founded in 1996. 27 years later, where is the hotel market for direct booking capabilities? With Best Western having over 250 properties in the UK and 4,000 worldwide, Chris and the team looked for the opportunity to fight back for the brand. We'll be discussing why education is important, the role of brand marketing, identifying channels to reach the guests, using guest data to determine the approach, and systems that underpin the campaign. Travel Market Life. Chris, thank you ever so much for joining us for our Hotelier's Voice Season 3. It's great to have you here today, um, especially after you joined us in Vienna for the IHTF special. Hi, Ryan. It's great to be back. Yeah, and we've got more questions for you today and really delving into that presentation you get at IHTF. And I really thought that this was important um, to help others really understand the approach to take because you've really thought about this and you had to consider the entire ecosystem and look at how the market is currently behaving. Now, I mean, OTAs, we know, clearly changed the way that we book. Um, and Airbnb has made a huge impact on different types of accommodation and the consideration for people's travels. How do you view that difference between how OTAs and hotels sell products and, and that opportunity there? Yeah, so kind of as you mentioned, OTAs really did change up the market uh, when they when they were introduced, and it's it's kind of easy to see why um, if you know the dates and location you want to go to, it's clear obvious choice starting your booking journey um, you're going to be able to search pretty much anywhere in the world and you're going to have somewhere to stay um, so that's kind of where they've had such a big impact whereas brands don't have the same scale uh, so it's all about how can brands sell rooms in a way that competes with that we've got the choice of everything um, so the approach we've gone down is very much telling the stories about our hotels. We know how they support their local economies as they're all independently owned. Um, so that's what we're really leaning into is selling the story of the hotels and making people want to stay at those hotels, not just a hotel in a location. So that's very much where we're focusing. Yeah, I mean, obviously Expedia and Booking.com, as you say, and a lot of the other OTAs, it's about that simplicity and quickness to book accommodation rather than that experience. And you're really sort of sounds like you're investing in that side of it. Where do you see that leverage point for hotels to drive direct marketing? And how do you build those stories up? Why is that part so important compared to perhaps how you've been doing things previously? So over the years, we've we've gathered so many stories from our hotels and the amazing things that they're doing, especially throughout COVID. A lot of our hotels 
did incredible things to help their local communities. So it's all about finding a way for us to uh, tell those stories effectively. We can collect them, we can spend the time to work with our hotels and get those stories out of them. Whereas OTAs, they're working on such scale, they can't really collect in the same way that we do. We can just pick up the phone, talk to the GMs and have those conversations and get those stories. We can go out and get photography, make little videos and find the best way to tell them. So that's kind of where it's been so important. It's all about you know, the education. How can we get those stories out to our potential guests in the best way? Yeah, I guess it's that building that relationship with that guest profile, that audience to really, really understand what they're going to expect when they arrive and, and what's different about the Best Western brand and than any of the other brands that you've got uh, available. As you say, on Booking.com, you, you've got such a huge choice there. Um, but I mean there's always been this question of, you know, how do you get that direct traffic? You know, how do you capture that attention? And so much money, as we see, is invested by the OTAs and they have, you know, very, very, very deep pockets to really optimize that visibility across digital channels and search. Um, and now in your presentation, particularly, you addressed performance-based marketing versus brand marketing. Why did you see performance-based marketing as pretty much the Achilles heel for your for you guys when it came to looking at that direct channel? So we, over the past, uh, what, five to eight years as performance marketing has become more and more prevalent, um, we've become so focused on putting more money into that pot because you can so effectively measure all the channel and all your return, which is like the big temptation about performance marketing. You can go, oh, I'll try this new channel, see how it performs. Oh, great, I've got, got more revenue coming in. You can measure everything. Um, but in some ways, it can be a little bit uh, short-sighted because you can only perform, well, you get the best performance on people who are already searching for your brand. All we're doing is bidding on the same people who are already aware of our brand. Um, we weren't pouring more people into the top of the funnel. Um, so we ended up in the position where if we went after more generic performance-based marketing terms, such as hotels in York, for example, rather than Best Western hotels in York, it all of a sudden gets extremely pricey, and very competitive. Um, so for us in the long term, it's more, in, in, it's more important for us to start investing in brand now, start pouring in those more cost-effective leads at the top of the funnel, you know, Performance-based marketing is kind of here to stay now. It has to be part of everyone's mix, um, even if you're just doing it from kind of the brand level, kind of as we are. Um, but it can't just be the only thing in your mix, which is a bit of the trap that we fell into. I mean, you can't do brand marketing, though, without actually having a clear understanding of your identity and what you mean to all your stakeholders. As you've explained earlier, you know, both your owners are just as important as a franchise company as, as, as well as a um, as, as, as well as having that uh, guest connection there. Um, and so you've you built these cam this campaign booking good, which is in its second year now. And you really focus on that value proposition and what makes best Western properties unique um tell us a bit more about where that idea came from and, and why you chose to extend it for a second year but uh, evolving it that bit that bit more yeah so booking good kind of came after covid when we decided it's time to get back out into the market we had to really sit and think about what makes us different versus the other hotel brands available and what makes us different versus the otas because if there's no differentiation, kind of what's your unique selling point? Um, so we kind of went back to our core, 
we looked at those stories as that is the main thing that we have. And we are independent hotels. They are supporting local communities. So we are doing good things for the communities. So that all comes from booking good, uh, version one. Um, so we first year was very much that education piece, trying to get that message across in a really nice way, um, focused mainly on TV, digital, kind of the, the wide spread with TV, and then the focused uh, doubling down on more specific groups of audiences through kind of Facebook and YouTube. Um, so year one was very much about education, had a nice little hook. But then year two, we really needed to find that way of how can we ingrain Best Western in someone's mind a little bit more so that when they think of hotels, they think, oh, Best Western, we're going to check there first. Um, so that's kind of gone down the more playful route this year, which is kind of all based on confessions. So if you've done something a little bit naughty, booking good with Best Western makes up for it because you're supporting locally owned independent hotels who support the community. And that is kind of a, it's a more cheeky, more fun message. It's a little bit more like stick in your mind. Um, so that's kind of the approach we're going for this year. And that format just works really well on audio as well. So it's a really nice hook in with radio and those kind of placements, which is still kind of the mass spread, but it's a little bit more cost effective than TVs. I must say, when I saw the original Booking Good, um, it just made me think about, you know, how people have been thinking about booking independent and booking direct that bit, bit more. And as you say, you just highlight the fact that you're not one big mega brand of hotels like a lot of them out there, but you are really helping those independent owners have a, a business and a successful business. And then when we move into the consumer side of uh, the campaign, I just absolutely love it. Um, I just, as you say, it's a bit tongue in cheek thing like put my dog in kennels she's now uh, still not talking to me raided the kids piggy bank when my dinner party ran out of wine faked my covid test to avoid the school reunion <laughs> i mean uh, you, you you really sort of obviously touched it uh, uh the, the, the nail on the sensitive part of people's psyche uh really get people's that excitement um and that cheekiness uh, that everybody has inside them and um i guess that what was important for you was to understand who you were talking to what that demographic is who the guest profile is to, to really bring that campaign to life so can you talk me through what guest data was really important to identify that audience and, and how much testing has been involved uh, to, to make sure that that works uh, well for you guys? Yeah, of course. Um, so we've been collecting data for years and years on our, on our customers. Um, we know quite a lot about them. We, we know the kind of the obvious things uh, when they stay, have they stayed recently, are they on our, are they on our rewards program? Um, so we know all those kind of things about them. When we, we're first looking at booking good. Um, we started by surveying our customers. We announced them with set questions to try and work out which of the proposed messages would resonate best. And then we asked a, a ton of questions about, you know, how old are you, sex, all that kind of stuff to try and profile and work out where we're kind of sat at the moment and what messages resonated with different age groups. And that gave us kind of very much a picture of what we kind of already knew is we have a slightly older demographic and they do like supporting local businesses. 
It's, I mean, it's really interesting. Obviously, you've got that pet-friendly message in there as well, and you know, again, through quite a cheeky approach. And um, what I what I found really interesting about some of the data that came out of it was really um, how you really divided the campaign between awareness and consideration and loyalty, and and um, certain things like excluding the web visits from the last 180 days in the awareness campaign, or you know, including web visits from the last 30 days for the consideration campaign or you know those purchases made in the last 180 days to build up that loyalty side of things um, what has been the impact so far um you know um what metrics do you sort of look at to go okay right this campaign's performing because as we know brand is an investment it's not something that's going to bring the revenue necessarily overnight uh mm-hmm. so what what us at the moment uh, in the, in the two years you've been running that uh, campaign are, are the key metrics for you um, so it's it gets quite tricky when it's uh, when it when it gets to the more brand awareness level. Um, we kind of from a, a very high level point of view, we're doing uh, quarterly market surveys um, to buy a I can't remember the name of the company now, but we're basically surveying people on the street, working out their prompted awareness, um, their unprompted awareness, and seeing how best Western rank. We obviously want to see those metrics going up um, and getting to more where some of the other brands are. Um, so that's kind of the very high level metric. But then when it comes to kind of how we're targeting on our digital channels, it's all about creating the right segments of people that we're targeting and working out which are the best ones for us. So we're looking at things such as CPM, click through rates to the websites, engagement with the videos we're posting as, you know, we want to be hitting people who are giving us a bit of attention and taking in that message. There's no point in us hitting a million people if not if they're all watching less than three seconds, for example. It's it's kind of a wasted wasted bid. Um, so it's all about being as efficient as we can with that money and measuring the bits that we can measure. Obviously, the end goal is revenue, um, but you have to hit the touch point so many different times. Uh, seven times, pretty much, is kind of the base level metric people quote before someone's going to make a booking and trust your brand. Um, so it's all about building up those engagement points an effective level so yeah what we're and as you say you know you you, you do, got this radio campaign just about starting you've been focusing as well on tv and digital um to get that message out there to be in front of that specific audience now you know i could answer this question probably myself but uh you know for the audience out there why did you choose those specific channels why was it so appealing so we we wanted the combination of how can we hit as many people as possible for our budget um in the first instance tv is something that we've done before in the past a long time ago that's been successful um so that's kind of what we thought go back to our bread and butter we know what's worked before um jumped in made a really nice advert got it out there hit loads of eyeballs obviously supported via digital channels um but this year we want to be how can we hit you know, potentially the same amount of eyeballs, but in more places, because um, TV is obviously very expensive. So this year we're going with the radio approach, still supported by digital, but we're also going to be doing out of home later in the year as well to try and add up those touch points and to try and, you know, build that stickiness. And now with how we've changed the messaging this year, um, it works more visually in a non-video format. Um, so it's better for static placement. So it allows us to do more of that out of home stuff as well to support the TV and uh, support the radio. Sorry. 
Excellent. Yeah. I mean, you know, TV and radio has changed so much in the last 10 years that in the yeah. same way that you can identify lookalike audiences with digital, you can pretty much do the same with radio and TV. Uh, you know, the, I was just amazed uh, as I started to delve deeper into that about how radio adverts, for example, can be played to very specific people in very specific locations, depending on a whole range of, of criteria um, yeah. or, or, or um, aspects of, of, of their personal personal interests uh, and it's amazing really uh, how that network now is uh, much more applicable to making very direct precise targeted campaigns but you know all this needs systems and technology um, I know that you've used uh, or you've, you've integrated uh, a number of different systems that have really helped you here and could, could you talk me through a, a couple of them um, and, and, and what role they play yeah of course um, so for us, one of our main focuses has been kind of getting more of that first party data. Uh, we know that um, everyone's moving away from cookies and relying on that third party. Um, so we had to do everything we could to secure as much data as we can in, you know, a GDR, GDPR compliant way. Um, so the first place was to look at our website. How can we collect more leads? Um, so I know a lot of people don't really like exit messaging and banners on websites anymore. Um, but it's, it's still a valid approach, especially when it's done well with rice, with nice messaging and, you know, targeting people at the right time, not just you've arrived on the site, please join my mailing list, work on like inactivity. Um, so the first thing we implemented was a tool called exit intelligence. Um, essentially it's a, an agency that manages the technology for you. They do AB testing constantly. Um, to get the best opt-in rates um, for, you know, for people who are trying to leave the website, essentially. And they've been a supplier for us for a couple of years now. Really, really good technology and really great people to work with. Um, and then the other focus on that is that we've covered the website, getting those people who are trying to leave, um, is that we have a lot of people stay in our hotels who haven't booked through us. Um, best Western hotels can be booked directly by the brand or via an OTA. Um, so we know that there's a wealth of guests who haven't had a touch point with us. So it's about how can we capture them? So we've been working with a supplier called Stampede who do really nice um, kind of opt-in forms on Wi-Fi message on Wi-Fi signups. Um, and that's been a really great source of data for us as well. And so that gives us a wealth of people who have potentially stayed via an OTA, have stayed, enjoyed the brand, but haven't booked direct. So, that's a really rich pot for us to get involved with. And then I know that, um, you know, rate parity is incredibly important for the direct channel. How do you ensure that your rates are reflective of, you know, what's happening in the market at the right time? And you've got that parity there. Yeah, so this is kind of the, the ongoing battle. There's plenty of uh, tactics going on to to get the best rate to certain, uh, to certain OTAs. Um, so we've gone with kind of a two-pronged approach. We've got OTA insights so we can see where the parity issues are, um, which is kind of one thing. We can educate our hotels and see if it's maybe something that's been done by accident, not understanding the systems. So we can educate there to try and alleviate those issues. Um, but then we took it a step further as well because um, some people don't want to be educated or you know, as staff changes hands, things just get lost in the loop and you're kind of in the cycle of constantly educating. So to fill those gaps, we built our own technology within our website so we can essentially give parity 
um, to ensure that we've always got the same cheapest rate. Um, so that's been a really huge development for us and something that's making an impact because we can directly see if a hotel is not in parity, conversion rate goes down. Why would you book with us when it's £10 cheaper on booking.com, for example? You just wouldn't. Yeah, and I, I've been looking at some of the results so far. When you look at crunching the ROI on some of this or the commission costs, uh, if I'm understanding right, OTA commissions are around 15%. And once your campaigns are fully working, you're looking at a 3% uh, charge on all direct bookings. Yeah, it just, just leading back to my uh, little board from uh, slide from the presentation. Um, so it's all about if you can give that guest a really good stay, you can get them on your, onto your database and encourage them to stay maybe two or three times. Even if you've acquired them via an OTA for that initial first high commission booking, every other time if they're coming back via your email channel, you're essentially alleviating all that cost. You've just got to pay your transaction fees, essentially, as email is so cheap and still effective. And so anything you can do to capture that data and encourage people to book directly with you the second and third time is incredibly beneficial. Excellent. Chris, thank you ever so much for taking the time to be with me again today and talking through your campaigns and, and really how you guys went about it. I think it's incredibly valuable for anybody listening to be thinking about how valuable their data is and how they can use that in the most effective way. So cheers. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining me. No, thanks so much for having me. So that was Chris Bowling, the head of digital marketing and e-commerce at Best Western. How to build a direct campaign with guest profiling. He's part of season three of Hotelier's Voice. Look out for the other episodes coming very soon throughout 2023. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Ryan Haynes. Don't forget, check out more episodes on travelmarket.life. Ciao for now. For more, go to Travel Market Life. The music sensation by Zach Nelson is reproduced under license from Storyblocks. Travel Market Life is a Haynes Marcoms digital marketing agency production serving the travel and technology industries.